Good morning and welcome. Patriot Radio News Hour. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group and our toll-free number 800-951-0592. The website at allamericangold.com and gold and silver, the physical delivery. It is what we do and quite honestly, uh, I think we do it better than anybody out there. And listen, th- this little uh, lull in the in, in the gold and silver market, this little reprieve in Wall Street, I think it's about over. Uh, I think we're at the the end of this cycle. Uh, very important to be positioned well. You know, uh, Kevin Larusso, he had uh, Joey on this morning, and I and. Uh, Joey's doing something everyone needs to be aware of. Uh, your 401ks that you have at work, uh, if you call Joey right now, it, it, he's going to make sure you are properly positioned in the market for your 401ks. Absolutely free. He doesn't make a cent off of it, but he's going to help you minimize losses and maximize gains. Uh, in these 401s, it's really critical that you position yourself properly uh, because interest rates are going to continue to rise. I've got some big uh, information on oil here in just a minute, but having yourself positioned properly, uh, he'll take a look at your entire benefits package and then give you those recommendations so you can make sure uh, you minimize your losses and try to maximize some gains in your 401ks. Give Joey a call, 602-909-9048. And, Jason, right as we are coming on the air, uh, we've gotten the oil inventory numbers, uh, and they were a complete disaster. A lot of people have been speculating that maybe the data we have been getting wasn't very accurate, uh, this, this, this comments about gasoline demand destruction and all of that. This was a huge number. The Department of Energy crude stocks down 7 million barrels. Gasoline stocks down almost 5 million barrels. All told, uh, the distillates had a build of 700,000. But, Jason, in one week, we somehow had, between crude and, and gas and jet fuel and all this, Almost 12 million barrels disappear. And so I think the average person that's looking at oil, you know, which has come down to, where, where are we at, about $88 a barrel, I think the average person might be thinking, well, then why, why are the gas prices coming down? What's going on? And, and, and to me, Joe, what I uh, am observing is people don't have money. I, uh, Joe, every time Joe and I talk in the morning, I say, yeah, people have money, Joe. People have money. People aren't spending money on anything. And I think any extra driving or any extra usage of fuels – uh, or energy is 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 one of the f- first things people are cutting to to save money, and I think that's I think personally that's probably what's driving some of the oil prices down. But you can only go you can only cut energy so far. You got to heat your home. You got to get to work. You don't have to go on the vacation. And by the way, vacation se- uh, season is ending soon. So what Joe is telling you right now is low inventories and the the, the bottoming out of people uh, cutting energy out of their usage is is coming to an end. It's there's nowhere for it to go but up, Joe. I, you know, the oil yeah, price could it, skyrocket. 
I, I really think the 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 fall in gasoline prices is probably about over, and, and we're going to start this build back because the one thing that didn't happen, the inventories didn't go up. Yep. Uh, and now all of a sudden this week this this huge uh, drop in supplies uh is 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 startling uh we did get listen we had a lot of data out today some very interesting data on retail sales uh to jason's point uh retail sales were flat so there was no growth in overall retail sales now having said that there was uh gasoline contributed less to retail sales obviously because the price of gasoline had been falling uh, and that and the consumers, though, were spending that money elsewhere, mostly on food. Uh, auto, same thing. Auto sales were down, but overall retail sales, and this was a July number, uh, month over month, zero. Uh, no growth, no contraction, uh, but the same. But we had earnings out of Target. So remember, Walmart's earnings, we said, hey, weren't horrible after they lowered them. Home Depot, they were pretty good. Target, absolute disaster, uh, missing expectations by a mile. Uh, average transaction size did not increase at all. Uh, and they missed top line, bottom line, uh, profit margins, lows. They missed. Uh, they, they said that the apparently there was a shortened spring season, whatever that means, uh, but Lowe's came in and said overall volume down 6% in the quarter. Then Walmart CEO said he was uh, doing an interview on CNBC and say that all families, even wealthy families, are looking for ways to save money as higher grocery bills and, and energy bills uh, continue to dominate. Uh, they, he actually talked about egg prices, coffee prices, lunch meat prices. So, you know, back to school, Jason, kind of uh, letting letting parents know out there, hey, that lunch meat you put in your kid's lunch, it's going to be more expensive. And I'll go back to uh, Target and Lowe's. Lowe's isn't quite what Home Depot is, so you can see those sales dropping. Target's definitely not as cheap as Walmart is, so people are definitely going to go where it's cheaper, just like the gas, Joe. i got to go to Walmart. I ain't going to Target. They're about a buck more expensive here, 50 cents more expensive there. So those numbers make a whole lot of sense to penny pinch. Oh, now, yeah. Right, right. The, the Walmart CEO saying, hey, the Target shoppers are not shopping at my place. It's <laughs> the Radio News Hour. We'll be back right after the break. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. The bond market uh, yields uh, moving significantly higher today. The ten-year note two nine. Uh, the two-year note three three. Uh, so, and actually, I'm sorry, three three five. Uh, so the yield steepening, uh, getting worse uh, as we are watching this. Remember, this is another thing too. Why I think the, this Wall Street rally's done here. Uh, quantitative tightening. Now, I know this has been on the table since March. They actually don't get to full sell mode until September. So here we are a couple weeks away. 
bond yields are going to go much higher. The, the, the Fed is going to be dumping a lot more bonds into the markets. Uh, the oil inventory number today uh, was not good. And, and, again, I think this was expected. Uh, I'm not saying, Jason, there was monkey business with these numbers. Uh, but what they were saying with the jobs number and what they were saying, even retail sales being flat, as an example, doesn't add up to demand destruction in the oil markets. And then all of a sudden, uh, we get this big blow up uh, where the inventory levels seemingly falling off a cliff here. Uh, not to be outdone, OPEC was out again. Uh, they were on Bloomberg TV. This is about the third time in the last four weeks that they have come out, and, and obviously, uh, especially, Jason, with the, the, the falling uh, price of crude, and, and they're out there saying, we don't know what's going on. There is no more inventory coming online. Uh, the, the, what do they call this guy at OPEC? The Secretary General. He is, the, that's the title. I'm not even going to try to pronounce the guy's name. Uh, he, he just said this to, to Bloomberg TV. We are running on thin ice, if I may use that term, because spare capacity is scarce. The likelihood of a squeeze is there. What he's talking about is a squeeze where Jason, to Jason's point, any little thing, and we could see oil prices surging. You know, back, you know, we're going to be talking back above 100, 120, 130, uh, $150 or more as they're saying that China, despite what we said. So remember the other day, I was like, hey, China's numbers, uh, way down and, and, uh, that is kind of saving everybody right now. Uh, he said that is not the case saying that China is still a source of phenomenal growth. We haven't seen China open up exactly with their uh, strict COVID uh, zero policy, but make no mistake about it, China is still consuming huge quantities of oil, Jason. Well, they have to. They have uh, like a billion people there, right? So, you know, more than a billion people there. So, you know, people have to get around and do stuff. Now, I, I get the feeling that uh, uh, walking or biking to work, if you're in the cities, is probably a, a, a more of an alternative when the gas prices are going up. But, but regardless, Joe, this this is where it sits. You know, I think I think with the inflation, people are pinching pennies. They got to spend the least amount possible. And I think we've kind of the last two months, we've kind of gotten to where people are about as as lean as they can be so now because there's no more production you know if you don't have you don't have a supply then the price will go up and it could it, like i said before it, it could go up very dramatically depending on what happens in the next couple of months joe and then he went on to say over the next five years that sounds like a lot of time five years opec is only going to maybe Increase production by another million barrels a day. That's it. Uh, so there's no capacity, and this is important. Uh, this would be. This is going to be bad. There's going to be this squeeze. Uh, I think it's happening. But hey, if we knew, 
hey, don't worry, six months from now, uh, a year from now, hey, we've got three or four million barrels. we got this big project, right? Hey, we've, it's taken us a couple of years, but it's getting ready to come online. None of that. We have none of that anywhere in the world. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I see the same thing. And you were talking a little bit of, uh, briefly about the balance sheet. I was, you know, I was trying to look. I don't think the Fed's selling very much off their balance sheet, Joe. Isn't that part of what's supposed to be going on here? Is they're supposed to actually be getting rid of some of these these assets? Uh, I, I see, I'm looking at a chart. It looks like there's a few things they're trying to slowly unwind, but it looks like it's just leveled off, Joe. They're supposed to be selling. Yeah, they're, for they're, months. they're 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 the. They're below where they're supposed to be, but the way that schedule hits, uh, it's supposed to be, we're, we're supposed to see a huge increase starting in two weeks. Uh, and again, to Jason's point, they're already struggling. And again, they're doing this on purpose because what happens with more supply? That just means the bid, what we have to pay in interest, we're going to have to pay more. I mean, that just makes sense. Hey, wait a minute. We don't need that many. Uh, so we're not going to buy all of these bonds out there. So the only way the government can get you to buy them is by what? By, okay, well, we'll give you more interest and, and, and get people to buy these things. So I think we've seen two things. I think we've seen the bottom in oil. I think we've also seen the bottom in gas prices. And again, over the next week or so, uh, I think wherever uh, gas ends up, I think that's going to be the bottom. And then also, I think... We are getting ready, and this is why Joey was out on Kevin's show this morning. Bond yields are ready to go significantly higher here in the next 30 days uh, because uh, we're going to get another Fed rate hike. And, oh, by the way, at least on the schedule of what the the Treasury or the Fed is saying it's going to be taking off of its balance sheet, a lot more supply, Jason's coming online. Because doesn't a lot of the stuff they own have the lower interest rate? Who would want to buy that right now? That, that's that's yeah. to be how do they how do they unwind someone that with higher interest rates here? How can they uh, their their balance sheet has to go up no matter what happens with all the other things they do? We, we're going to see something totally different because they could they could add the higher interest rate stuff and then hope that when things crash they can sell the lower interest rates if they can lower the stuff later. But right now, Joe, I just how do you sell something that nobody's that nobody wants? <laughs> Well, the, the, and again, the problem is, look at the two-year note, 335, right? Uh, and I'm telling you, be ready for 4% on a two-year note. Uh, that is much more expensive for us to finance these debt levels. And, and, and again, uh, we, 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 I think we had this little sweet spot. Everybody knew, Wall Street knew, hey, the bad stuff doesn't really happen till September, uh, let, let's let's feel good about it. Uh, a lot of the hedge funds and all that took profits. They took profits on gold. They took profits on silver. They took profits on oil. I think all of that ends now because they get it now. Hey, okay, now we got to deal with the realities of hey, there is there's still no inventory. By the way, demand is still there, and now I think we start getting into where these rate hikes start to hurt a little bit more than they've been hurting, Jason. On top of that, all of a sudden now, we're going to throw another $100 billion a month uh, of, of treasuries that need to be absorbed by somebody. And we're still inverted at this point too, right? 
Oh, fully inverted. Uh, Ten-year notes at two nine. Uh, the two-year notes at three three five. So it, the the inversion's actually getting worse. I also expect that to continue. But at some point, the only way they're going to be able to sell thirty years is that those interest rates have got to go way high, really fast. So I don't know when that happens, Joe. But what I get the feeling that if that even turns around in the future, that no one's going to buy it, no matter if it goes really high. October. 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 <laughs> yeah. I'm just telling you, October. Uh, by the way, uh, shifting gears here, uh, the land, the Department of of uh, Reclamation has issued its ruling. As I was warning all of you, uh, we had to come to cuts in uh, the Colorado River. They, Jason, all as they simply decided to do was whoever has the least amount of rights, we're cutting you. Uh, that that was Arizona, Nevada, and Mexico. Uh, by the way, Arizona, we are going to get the worst of it. Uh, so big is the cut now in Arizona, they're going to hold 21% of our annual water allocation from the Colorado River in 2023 so these are cuts that'll be in place for next year and it's going to be so significant that uh farmers once again uh are going to take the brunt of this pinal county's already been devastated by this if you ever take that drive from uh phoenix to tucson when you get out of of phoenix out of that chandler area and you get through, you got some uh, Indian reservation, then you come up in on, on the Casa Grande. That thing used to be loaded with cotton fields. If you drive to today, it's nothing but dust. There's nothing there. Uh, but this one now hits worse. This is actually now going to hit Yuma. So this is where 90%, listen to this, 90% of all United States leafy greens, from November through March, come from Yuma. That's farmers here in Arizona. Uh, and Jason, there's big cuts coming. So uh, if you thought food prices were already expensive, wait till you see the lettuces, uh, the broccolis, right, the watermelons, all these things, Jason, they're going to go even higher next year. All the stuff I eat. <laughs> all the, all the, uh, yes, I, I, the, the vegetarians, they're going to really uh, see prices skyrocketing. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I buy produce from, you know, there's a lot of produce from Mexico that I eat, and there's produce from this local that I eat. So I, I know a lot of where, where my produce comes from. So, yeah, you're right about you. I, I eat a salad every day, so that will yep. uh, that will be the new thing. Uh, my wife and I were talking about how we were uh, – we t- took a couple of weeks. We went more vegetarian recently, and, and – uh, you know, no dairy, you know, no meat, and our our, uh, our produce. You know, the, we, it was cheaper. Our, man, was it a, a cheaper grocery trips? For, you know, we haven't seen as much inflation in the produce, the the raw produce, not canned or, or uh, something that's processed, been processed. Right, yeah, yep. Right. But now here it comes, Joe. It's it's here it, it is. Comes. Yeah, here it comes. And when, when it gets to when it gets to the basic essentials like fuel, water. And produce. When those things start to go up, then everything else is is everybody else should worry because the, when the basics are going up, then everything around it. You can't have produced, you know, the processed stuff not go up if the raw materials are going up, Joe. 
Yeah, so, uh, by the way, uh, Nevada loses 8%. I'm sorry. Yeah, 8%. Mexico loses 7%. Uh, they also said, barring some unforeseen event, more cuts will be needed. Uh, California was able to avoid the cuts. They have senior water rights. Uh, they're saying that conditions aren't there yet, but they're next. They basically said, okay, California uh, is up next. Uh, Arizona, uh, you know, obviously this is huge here. Uh, Arizona, uh, they, they could cut us off completely, and that still wouldn't be enough water. Uh, and, and again now, uh, this is going to have a very, very adverse effect on farming in Yuma. Uh, in Yuma, most people don't realize this. Uh, I live in Arizona, so I've known this forever. When it comes to produce in the winter months, Yuma is where it comes from. So this is going to be a huge blow, Jason. Yeah, and we'll be looking in the next six months to a year for those stories of water cheaters, man. That's got to be coming on, on the horizon because these farmers and these people that need water, you know, how, how tempting is it if I just turn this thing on that nobody, when nobody's looking, right? Turn this one ditch on or turn this, you know, this, this little valve on so I can get a little more water and I'll just come back and shut it off when I get what I want, Joe. That's what they call those water wars. It's, it's coming, right? Water wars. Well, I'm going to tell you this. The the Arizona Native Americans were not happy. I'm going to tell you what they were doing with their extra water that they're not going to do anymore. This is another important thing. We'll be right back. 800-951-0592. Gold's down uh, 10. we got Fed minutes coming. Uh, I think this is about the bottom here. Uh, we'll see how it plays out. Uh, $20 gold, uh, twenty one fifty. Uh, tenth ounce gold at two hundred and forty five dollars at eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two and Jason wow Arizona Farm Bureau losing its mind today after the ruling came out saying Arizona cannot continue to bear an outside share of these measures uh, we need help from other partners but it was really clear now because you're sitting there thinking these seven states, how could these guys not come together? And today, it was pretty clear. The other states knew, hey, if everyone follows the laws of these contracts, of course, these contracts were written when, you know, Arizona probably had half as many people in it, right? Hey, we won't have to take any cuts. Like California probably knew, hey, we could avoid cuts from the Colorado River, uh, and, and Arizona's just going to have to deal with it. Well, something very interesting happened. And this is, again, this is why our governments, we got to, I, I don't know what we can do. We've got to get less government because this is yep. just idiotic. The Indian tribes here in Arizona, they have senior rights. I think they've got some of the biggest rights of the water. They don't use all their water that they have the right to use. Well, out of the kindness of their heart, they said, hey, you know what? It's okay. We understand. We want to be a team player. Leave our unused allocation in Lake Powell. Just leave it there. It's fine. Of course, with you know, California, everybody else was using it. At least it will help a little bit. 
after today's ruling, the tribes came out and said, you know what, we're done. We're not leaving our extra water in Lake Lake Powell anymore. We're going to store it underground and on our land instead. So there you go. So now uh, now we got to cut even more water, Jason. And I don't know. There's just a little thing speaking in my head that what, what maybe these midterm elections have something to do with Arizona's ability to get more water maybe. You know, I don't know if that's as a part of this thing, you know, because you know, California, they're sitting pretty, right, Joe? They're a uh, they're, they're on the right side well, of things. Well, California, California's been losing water, not from the Colorado River, but from uh, their, their local water. They've been taking right. farmers. In, I don't want to make it like, like farmers in California are getting all their water. The farmers that get their water from the Colorado River are, are still intact. But they in this announcement, they said, hey, listen, California, you're next. Uh, they're saying that they think that it, without a change here, uh, and I just want to get to it here. I want to be accurate with this right now. Um, Lake Powell and Glen Canyon Dam, they believe that the water level will be low enough sometime next year that the ability for Glen Canyon Dam to produce power uh, is going to be significantly affected. No big deal. You know, 5 million people in Arizona, Colorado, Nevada, New Mexico, Utah, and Wyoming uh, get their power uh, from uh, the Hoover Dam and Glen, uh, Glen Canyon. Uh, Glen Canyon Dam, by the way, produces power for 5 million people. So all of a sudden, if the water level gets to that point, Jason, how do these 5 million people uh, get the power? I Who knows? You think power is expensive now? Wait for this to happen. Well, it, and it, it's uh, just a side, a side story. We were on the air on the Faking the Truth, I think it was Monday, and Brian's been having uh, trouble. Keep, you know, He's a little more remote, and he uh, lost power over the weekend. He lost power on Monday, right in the middle of the broadcast. I mean, he had backup set up, so he stayed on the show and as soon as the show's over, he shut down, and of course, I had to tend to his loss of power, Joe. So, I mean, there's already a, a power problem, and you're talking about a, a more severe power problem. I mean, people don't understand that this is a grid. You know, somebody's problem, you know, five or hundred to a thousand miles away, and it could end up being your problem very quickly, Joe. Yeah, and again, if the let's just hypothetically say that the power, uh, the their ability at Glen Canyon Dam. Hey, the water's gotten to this point, so uh, we can't produce power for 5 million homes. We can only produce power for 3 million homes. What happens is, Jason said, this is a grid. That means other power is going to have to be used to to meet the that 2 million gap. And what happens is energy it just drives up energy prices Everywhere, all these states, Arizona, Nevada, Colorado, California, Wyoming, we're all connected together in this water power thing. Uh, This could be uh, huge increases in power prices if something isn't done. Uh, And today's ruling here uh, by the the reclamation, uh, they just followed the contracts, Jason, plain and simple, just said, well, this is how the contracts were written. This is what, here's the cuts, draconian or not. 
Everyone's going to have to deal with it. Produce prices are going to skyrocket. Energy prices are going to skyrocket, especially uh, if if there's not some unforeseen snow events this winter. Uh, the problem actually is going to get much worse next year. None of these agreements will be worth anything if the government decides to declare an emergency. And then that's why I say the midterms for Arizona could be very important to their water usage. All it takes is one presidential emergency, and we need to divide the water up the way the federal government decides it needs to be uh, divided up because we're still here to protect the people. That's the federal government's job, to protect the people, Joe. So just takes one executive emergency or, or whatever they, they start talking about. It, it's all over the TV. And then suddenly they decide which states in the in this situation with Colorado River get it and which ones don't, Joe. It's it's kind of that's it's that simple really. Yeah, there's there's not uh this isn't rocket science. Uh and, and the problem is and what's been happening uh for a long time, like in Arizona, uh we, we most of the the public uh we use other sources, local sources of water. Uh the farmlands are where the vast majority of the Colorado River water goes. Uh, so, the, and again, you got to eat, you, you got to have food, you got to have energy. Uh, in this situation, uh, just we're just now going to start realizing the effects of these uh, these cuts. Uh, these are huge, huge cuts. Uh, remember, we're talking about we've got to cut enough water to use for all of the water of the city of Los Angeles four times over. Uh, so th- this is these are huge cuts that we're talking about, Jason. Yep, yeah, it's, uh, it all spells much more expense to the uh, the citizen, the consumer, for sure. So get, get ready. This is why you save it in gold and silver so it, uh, it's protected. So we'll, we'll join out. We'll be right back. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. The Rhine River. Uh, we talked about that. Uh, barges now stuck in the Rhine. Water levels have have dropped to the point where now barge traffic uh, is now impossible there. Uh, and then China. I mean, th- listen, we've got water and power problems everywhere now. Uh, China's Sichuan Province, if I'm saying that right home to 80 million people. Uh, It is a huge, huge manufacturing hub. Uh, Toyota today announced it is closing its plant there because they don't have power. The largest lithium battery producer in the world closing its plant because they don't have power. Uh, They're saying that Apple products are going to be affected. iPads, Macs, uh, right now, China Securities is protecting Foxconn. Uh, so Apple, very cozy with the Chinese government. Uh, Jason, they still have power where others don't. Uh, but this is a, a, the world gets a lot of its electronics, its furniture. Also, it is a major food producer for China. And also the world's largest silicon solar cell producer, as well as the world's largest lithium battery producer. Uh, apparently, uh, both of those factories are closed 
due to uh, falling water uh, because hydropower, the main source of power there. So you, when you, we talk about hydropower in Lake Powell, Jason, uh, if they're going to choose between, can you have power at your house or power at a factory, it's probably going to be good power at the house. So to me, there's something very bogus about them having a water shortage. There's, there's, there's four major rivers that come out of the, the high mountains on the back end of China. Two of them go into India and two of them go into China. Uh, there should be no water shortage. There's, there's nothing. Uh, in, fa- in fact, if we had global warming on the, on, on the levels that some people say we do, there should be almost flooding going on, uh, lots of extra water, melting some of those, that high mountain water, uh, the, the snow caps and the glaciers. That are, I mean, they have, the reason there's billions of people living in India and in China is because there's so much water. If you, if you want to know a population of an area, usually more water means more people. It's just that simple. So if China's having water problems, Joe, Something's missing. There, somebody is rigging the system. There, there's, there should be no such thing as water shortage. I mean, they, I think it was late last year they were having flooding in their fields, and their their food supply was was damaged because they had too much water. That makes more sense to me, Joe. So, so somebody's somebody's doing something over there in China, Joe. Some, something's not right. Well, it just kind of ties in right with uh, everything else that that uh, we're we're seeing here uh, as this plays out. The Dow is down. Now over 300 points. The the Nasdaq's down 200 points. Gold's down a dozen. Crude oil, the only thing up today. Well, not the only thing because bonds, uh, bonds are are up as well. Like I said, the 10-year note at 291 now. Uh, the two-year note at 335. And and I think everybody's getting ready now. Uh, the runoff off the Fed's balance sheet is going to pick up steam here. I think we're going to see interest rates uh, go significantly higher. Uh, and I also feel like we've reached the bottom in energy prices. Unfortunately, uh, you know, uh, here in Arizona, we got to about four dollars. Uh, I think I think the bottoms here uh, expect prices, gas prices, energy prices to start rising pretty much probably through the holidays, Jason, all the way through Christmas. Yeah, I I, I see inflation as being a multi-year problem. So I, I you know less in inflation or more inflation is still is higher prices. It's just what percentage uh, is it going to be per month or per year, Joe? So this this is a this is a huge problem, and I. Uh, I don't think the Fed really uh, – I think they want to be sort of on top of it, but sort of not on top of it. That's, I think that's the problem. Instead of, instead of just ripping the Band-Aid off real fast and doing what's responsible, this is like a slow rip of the Band-Aid. Now, how long are we going to have to deal with this, Joe? Uh, more and more people keep saying it looks like a multi-year situation, multiple years of inflation that doesn't stop. Well, again, just look at what uh, OPEC was saying. Listen, there's no more supply, and there's no supply coming. Right, that that's probably the biggest problem, is there's no supply and there's no supply coming. Think about it, for a large portion of this year, we've had crude oil prices well above a hundred dollars a barrel, and yet production here in the U.S. It went up a little bit, but really, it, it was a drop in the bucket. But then you had Halliburton say, "Hey, listen, there's not even enough piping to drill." Right, we're not even allowing. And remember, Halliburton said, "By the way, we're not even taking orders. Anybody who hasn't ordered drilling piping for this year, don't call. Don't call us because you're not getting it. Maybe we can get you some piping next year. Our production's maxed out. 
Uh, all of it's already sold. There's no production coming because this is what governments wanted. Every, all the governments in the world acting together, you know, you want to see the effects of a one world government. Energy prices is a great way. They, they convinced everybody that uh, oil is bad, natural gas is bad, don't invest in it. Everybody rely on wind and, and solar panels. And, Jason, the math just doesn't work. So to your point, this is going to be years of inflation, obviously because we printed too much money. But the realities are when it comes to energy, it's a double whammy. We've printed too much money, and, oh, by the way, we don't want to invest any money in energy. That's right, Joe. That's right. And I'm looking at the markets here, Joe. How many, how many months? It's been since the, the COVID crash, and then it bounced back. It's been Dow 33,000, NASDAQ 13,000 or 12,000, and S&P 42. It bounces a little lower. It bounces a little higher. I'm telling you, the, the medium and small stocks must be completely watered out, Joe. They, they can just crash this thing at any time. I, I'm convinced they're timing this. And, man, when it happens, watch out. It'll, it'll move so fast, Joe. We've been sitting at these numbers for, for years now, it seems like. Yeah, I agree with you. We'll, we'll, we got the final segment coming up. Don't touch that dial. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two twenty dollar gold on sale today twenty one fifty. So we haven't seen this price in a while. Take advantage of that tenth ounce at two hundred and forty five dollars. Uh, we've got a a new addition here, Jason, in the Phoenix office at Patriot Trading Group. Uh, Connie and Randy just came in. We just hung our uh, our Betsy Ross flag is now. Uh, hung in the office so if we weren't already on the list uh, i'm sure we are now <laughs> you got to get the dough tread on me man you got to get the gatson flag oh, in we there. got that one okay, Boy, that, 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 that one's been uh, okay. in the shipping room for a long long for, time for anyone listening i've not made it to arizona and seen the offices down there not not yet but one of these days one of these days i'll get down there but so i have not seen the inside of the offices <laughs> the so. uh the 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 things that are hanging up here, I got all kinds of stuff. I got sports memorabilia. We've got uh, the 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 confiscation act of 1933 is, is hanging in the office. Uh, that we've got uh, the bill of rights and all kinds of cool stuff uh, hanging up here at the Patriot office. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. If you didn't see it, Bloomberg wrote this article about how Bill Gates saved Joe Biden's climate bill. Uh, the, the, the headline, Bill Gates and the secret, the secret push to save the climate bill. Uh, and, and just so everybody knows, we did this on the half-empty cup yesterday, uh, but Zero Hedge kind of, uh, report because if you don't if you don't subscribe to Bloomberg you can't actually read the article. Uh, but Zero Hedge uh, has let it be known uh, that Bill Gates and his group uh, were behind the lobbying efforts of Joe Manchin. Uh, and oh, by the way, uh, Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, and a bunch of other billionaires just so happened uh, 
to uh, form this little energy company uh, that's going to be the major benefit of the energy part of this bill. While everybody, all us people making 250000 or less, uh, it's actually a $20 billion tax increase, uh, even though they deny it, Jason. And I just sit here, just feel totally powerless to stop something like that. You know, a bag of money comes in and, and, uh, and bad legislation gets passed. It's, 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 uh, same old song and it's always disgusting to hear it. It's, you know, where, where are the, uh, where are the people standing up against that stuff, right? They're, uh, they're yeah, not they in Washington. Yeah, they had, uh, uh, Former Treasury Secretary Larry Summers, uh, I think he was Obama's Treasury Secretary, uh, and a bunch of other. They got somebody from the Wharton School. Uh, you know, obviously the Ivy's very liberal uh, schools. The University of Chicago, uh, they were involved as well. Uh, and, and tried to convince Joe Manchin, oh, no, this isn't going to increase the deficit. It's not going to increase taxes. Oh, don't worry about the poor people. And, of course, obviously, uh, yesterday the CBO came out and said, yeah, oh, none of that stuff's true. Yeah, well, <laughs> and there it is, right, Joe? There it is. <laughs> I just, you just say uh, Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos. You start putting these names out there, and it's just, uh, it's, it's just, yeah. Bill Gates. I will say that this is one of the happier moments of my climate work. I have uh, two things that excite me about climate work. One is when policy gets done well, and this by far is the biggest moment like that. Yeah. Boy. It's a radio news hour. God bless everybody. Jason and I, we're coming right back with the half empty cup. <laughs> 